Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, we are going to review a morale-boosting win over Brighton in the third round of the Carabao Cup. And we're going to talk temperatures. We're going to rate everyone from freezing cold all the way up to boiling hot. I'm Chris, and today I'm joined by my good friend Brady. How are we feeling, Brady? It's a a weird feeling, maybe. Yeah, it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Winning the game, not really sure how to feel. Uh, you're watching the game almost thinking when you've got that Joel Pedro volley at the end that it's going to go top corner and we'll go to pens. But no, it's uh, it's good to win. Um, it was a win that, you know, if there wasn't VAR, it might have been a bit different with some events in the game in the first half and first half performance wasn't good. But win's a win and we have to take it. Yeah. Um, I guess we can have a look at the, the setup for the game. So... Chelsea obviously winning the game 1-0, um, set up with a 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess more of a traditional back four than we've seen uh, yeah. in recent times with two recognised full-backs on either side with Ben Chilwell and, and Mark Kukurea coming in on the right at right-back um, with Colwell and Dezazi at centre-back. And then in front of them, we saw uh, the return of Moises Caicedo um, and uh, Ugochukwu, who's been a familiar face in the Carabao Cup. And then Mudrick returned again with Palmer in a more central role, and then Martson, who's another Carabao Cup player, I guess, and Jackson, who obviously played because he won't be able to play on Monday. Um, Possession-wise, we actually only had 39%, which I think is our, probably our lowest of the whole season, um, 61% for Brighton. Um, four shots on target for us out of nine. They only had two on target out of their 13. And Sanchez with two saves um, for us as well, which is nice. So, yeah, what what, were you, what was your sort of take on the setup and the formation? Down to the setup, I mean, when, the, when the team came out, you, you've gone from three left-backs on the bench in the last game in Aston Villa to three left-backs playing. Um wasn't was wondering how it's going to shake out. I think we were talking maybe about a three-five-two or a three-four-three with Kukurea right wing back, but it ended up Mark Kukurea right back. And um, yeah, Potch seems settled on this Mudrick on the left wing or pure winger on the left wing, and he seems to, he seems to have ditched the Chilwell left wing thing and gone to a, a more four-two-three-three-one setup. And yeah, it's good that he's got that settled approach. He is still juggling around with personnel. But it does seem, as it seems to you, it does seem that he is settled on that on that formation for now. Yeah, and I think um, what was a shame in the game, obviously, one of the negatives, I guess, was obviously Ben Chilwell came away with yeah. a hamstring injury at the end, which means he'll be out for, I think, up to about four weeks. So, yeah, um, we can another... talk, talk about the Fulham preview coming up uh, later in a week about you know who might play at left back, but yeah. Yeah, not ideal. But yeah, I, I agree. I think this this formation's it's. I think I prefer it with the more traditional yeah. wingbacks. I think it gave us more access on both sides. Mudrick was definitely much more involved in more of the attacks. Um, he was unlucky with a few chances that he created. He actually got a shot off. So 
and that was nice. And I thought Martin on the other side was really um, influential defensively as much as anything, but obviously a big part of the goal that we scored and also the goal that was disallowed, which um, which I also thought was really, really good. Yeah, I mean, if you talk, talk about the first half, I mean, the first half was a bit of a charity match. I mean, they were just there was a lot of unforced errors, uh, bit, bit, kind of like a tennis match between two bad players. Just Rob Sanchez just seemed to be a bit of a double agent trying to give the ball away to his, uh, try and give them a goal, basically. And they were quite charitable in their passing. It wasn't a great, that's quite a game. Liam Tooney on the uh, Straight Out Common podcast said it was a very feisty game. And it was. There's definitely a bit of a, there's no love loss between these teams. I think maybe to, because of the off-field activities and obviously we took Grand Potter and they weren't very happy about that. But there was definitely a bit of an edge to the game. And but yeah, I mean the goal really seemed to change it inside the stadium. I mean, I was I was watching it on on TV, but it, you you and Craig were at the game. Was there a real palpable sense of relief when there was a goal? It seemed like it's, the crowd seemed very nervy and quiet before the goal. Yeah, I mean, as you said, the first half was really really poor. Um, we didn't really show much um, team spirit in the first half. It was very individualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of feeding on scraps. Lots, as like you said, lots of giveaways. Uh, Brighton retained the ball really well. They looked like a much better outfit than us in the first half. And I think at half time, the general consensus was like, we could get, uh, we're probably going to go on to lose this game. We, we we can't get the ball. We're not really creating much. Um, but yeah, like you said, second half was chalk and cheese. I don't know if they got a rocket, but much more um, intensity from us in the second half. Um, the goal, I think, was was really well worked. It was really good. Um, and that gave us a like galvanized us. We were getting involved in a few more scraps, um, getting our foot in. Kukurea I thought was excellent as well. Like um, down the right, he was really aggressive in in you know when Brighton had possession. And I think it's it was it was more like the team I saw in preseason that second half, much more focused on like how we were going to play. Like it was much more clear on where we were going. So a lot of the play was pushed down like the wings um, on both sides. So it wasn't all just focused down the right like we've seen before. And it just felt a lot more fluid in the second half. And yeah, we, we actually looked like a team. And as you mentioned, Sanchez in the first half was uh, had a bit of a car crash with his passing. And I think it was kind of indicative of the way we were playing because Brighton were just pushing us, pressing us quite high. Yeah, We didn't really know what to do. And it felt really disorganised. Um, we ended up just booting the ball out of play a few times and to their players, which, to be fair, he made some good saves. Yeah, I mean, I think it showed again, a, little, a lot like Villa, actually. Poch seems to be giving some good hard-time team talks because the team did respond really well. And, um, I mean, obviously, Nick, the, the, the story of the game, the narrative of the game was Nick Jackson obviously got the goal finally. He could have had a hat-trick, actually. Um well, VIR was kind of a funny tower in the game because I'm not sure, you might not have saw him, but Levy Kachukwi should have been. He was on a yellow and he challenged where basically it was almost a straight red the second yellow and I think there was a Brighton player blocking him. So if there wasn't, if it was VAR, I think we would have been down to 10 men, but if there was VAR, if there, if there was VAR, Jackson probably would have had another goal and, you know, Amanda Brogier was obviously given offside in his own half and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was, the, the narrative of the game was Nick Jackson. So it, it's really good for him that he scored. Um, the goal itself was really well worked. I mean, from Natson to Palmer to Jackson, I think Cole Palmer, I think he'll be including the temps. He had a really, really good game overall, really good 75 minutes. And uh, yeah, it was a uh, congratulations to Nick Jackson on the goal of the month for September. 
Well, that's it. Yeah, it's nice to get a goal, isn't it? Feel yeah. uh, feel feels a sense of relief. We were unlucky not to get a second one with the the offside flag. You know, I've got, actually... little, I've got a little quiz actually. Have you, have you? Do you know the only time? Do you know the last time we only scored one goal in a month? Must have been. Must have been it quite, quite recent. recent. It was quite, it was quite <laughs> recent. <laughs> uh, it's probably like. Is it going to be like April? You're close. And can you remember who scored the goal? It was fe- okay. I'll give you the month. It was February this of this oh, year. February. Uh, can you remember who scored the goal? Probably Sterling at Forest or something. It was Chelsea. We played Fulham at home, West Ham away, Southampton at home, Tottenham away in that patch. Awful month. Tottenham away, we definitely didn't score. What was the other game? Sorry. Southampton at home, West Ham away, uh, Fulham at home. Would it wouldn't have been Southampton? I think we lost that one now. Fulham would be the game that we definitely. Is it Fulham away? Did you say? No, Fulham at home. Oh, Fulham at home. The player that was, was nil, that was nil nil. So it means it was West Ham. Um, West Ham away. I think it's Joe Felix. It's Joe Felix. Yeah, Felix. Yes. It's no longer at the club. I remember me, you, and Craig were in the pub before the Fulham game on Friday night. I think it was. We were like, right, buzzing after the. We just got Endo Fernandez in. We just got Mudrik in. We're going to score four goals. Ended up scoring one goal that month and getting one point out of twelve. <laughs> we were so, unlucky uh, in that West Ham game because uh, Mudrik played Havertz through as well at the beginning of yeah. that game, and we almost went to up in part. I gave it. He actually gave it a bit of a fist pump when it went in and then it got chalked off, which is a shame. It was really close. Um, well, similar story, the chance conversion yeah. we talk about. But yeah, um, that was the last time we only got one goal in a month. So hopefully uh, we don't do this every, it's not some sort of tradition, every seven months we score one goal. But yeah, it was good to get a goal. <laughs> well, hopefully we can build on that um, for Monday night. Okay, let's let's do some temperatures. Time to see whose form's on top Who's heating up, whose temperature's dropped Who's been playing well and who's not It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot I guess I can go You went first last time, didn't you? First mate, yeah Okay, let me go first In the freezer, for me Um it's, I, I really hate to do this. Um, Leslie Ugachukwu mm. is in the freezer. Um, one thing I noticed about him when we watched the previous Carabao Cup match was he can sort of dwindle on the ball quite a bit sometimes and he gets caught out. And I noticed it in that game and I thought, well, that's okay. It's his kind of first game. He's young, whatever. And they did it against Villa as well. And then he's done it again and then he put in a as you mentioned, a really, really poor tackle. Um, he already got, he was just yellow carded as well just before that. So he should have been a bit more aware. And yeah, he wasn't great in the game, unfortunately. Um, he was better in the second half, but uh, yeah, he, he struggled a lot finding spaces as well when we were, when Sanchez had the ball. So not great from him. And I always thought when I sort of pictured him after seeing him the first time that he was Obviously, there is like the fourth choice, fifth, fourth or fifth choice centre midfielder. Um, and he's he was only there. Obviously, Santos went on loan and uh, Cassade. So he was kind of just wasn't expecting maybe so many minutes. And 
yeah, I don't think he looks like he doesn't look super good, but um, maybe he can be loaned out in the future and, and improve. But bit you, bit worrying you, for me. I think he had a poor game. I think he had a very good game against Bournemouth, though. I think you know he's very young coming from Rennes. I think he he was he, he likes to put himself about quite a lot, and I think some of his tactics is a bit mistimed. Um, he's quite he was quite rash in this game. I think the sort of it was a bit of a pressure cooker, like I said earlier. A lot of podcasts and even straight out of common podcasts, they've, they've spoken about it was a really fiery game, and I think he struggled with that a little bit. He was sort of in the furnace in the middle, and Caicedo was well was really flying in with a lot of challenges. Obviously, Caicedo had a lot on the line because him, uh, Kukureo, and Sanchez were getting battered by the full away end of uh, the Brighton fans who had a lot to say to themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, he only had seventy percent pass accuracy. He had a tough game. Um, I do think there is a, a good player there, and I do think he is a good backup number six. But yeah, I mean, he's going to take a lot of time. Again, like I said about Gusta, I mean, with Gusta last week with the red card, he's 19, you know. I mean, these are players that, you, you know, can't hang your hat on. They're, they're, they're very young. Uh, I think it was looking like he might get loaned uh, in the summer. Uh, and now, he's like you said, he's been sort of thrust up the ranks of Cathedral in front of Cathedral and Santos. So... Yeah, um, I wasn't that worried about him, but I think he can do a job. But I, we do need to keep Casado fit because you probably worry about him at number six for a, le- a length of time, especially with the fixes we've got coming up after the international break. Yeah, yeah, fair. that's fair. Who, who do you have? Well, freezing. I haven't got a player. I, I had to do this. I mean, we're on X, so we're on, on uh, Eat Sleep Chelsea on X. If we, we're creeping up for two thousand followers, if you could give us a follow. There's a lot of banter and Chelsea uh, stat flats uh, facts flying around on X. If you could give us a follow, that could be great. Um, it's it's the Brighton fans in general have put in the freezer, uh, especially the ones online. I, I'll just read you a tweet from uh, Brighton Bubble after the game. It's always nice to see how happy a small club gets when they win a club, when they win a cup game against a bigger team. I'm laughing reading this. Congrats, Chelsea, on your big day. I mean, he's called Brighton Bubbles. I think he's been on the bubbles. I think. Uh, I think the Europa League music's gone to the head. Uh, I mean, we're to call us a small club is a bit mad. I mean, we're having a bit of a malaise identity crisis at the moment, but we're still a giant. And um, like I like I replied on our RX, I mean, we've got more major honours than they've got players in their squad. So I'm not trying to start a war with Brighton, but they seem very intent on attacking us. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure why they're so upset with us, really, because we've paid them over 200 million quid. I mean, it's like going into a bar and paying £12 for a pint of beer for five quid. If overpaid to the hill, probably <laughs> we funded Brighton for the next 10 years and they're absolutely fuming with us. So um, I know we took their manager and that's never good. And, you know, but they've, they've probably got a better one in, in replacement. So I'm not really sure what the problem is. But uh, yeah, calling us a small club uh, when you've only got the FA Cup runners up medal and uh, the. The 1909-1910 Southern League title is a big ri- bit rich. So. I think just calm down a bit, lads. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Brighton bubble. Um, yeah, I thought uh, Brighton actually were... Their fans were very vocal in the game, obviously. But um, yeah, unless, you know I what? think they'd be, they'd be a little bit disappointed with some of their players. I mean, that guy, uh, Ansu Fati, they got from Barca. He didn't look very good at all, unfortunately. So maybe they're yeah, a little he, bit frustrated. He should have scored. He should have scored. I mean, uh, that was uh, part two of... Um, uh, the double agent act of um, um, yeah, I know he had a first half to forget, didn't he, Robert Sanchez? He's generally had very good halves, but one thought he was very poor that first half. I mean, he basically just gave the goal away. I think sometimes it can affect players when they play in their old club. I mean, um, and let's be honest, I mean, we'll talk about Mark Cucurella, he was getting battered by the fans, booed a lot, 
what a waste yeah. of money. Um, I mean, Caicedo as well. And they had a lot on the line. I mean, that's why, I mean, there's been a lot, you know, to take in that Chelsea was celebrating that they won a huge game and it was only the fourth round. But it was a big game for us because there's a lot leading up to it. Jackson not scoring, a lot of pressure. Uh, the Brighton players under pressure in front of their uh, old team. So there was a lot of emotion right on the game. But yeah, I thought I thought the Brighton fans were good and they were vocal. But um, I have to say that you were there. The bridge seemed pretty, it seemed pretty quiet, didn't it? Let's be honest. On Yeah, it's, I mean, when, when Brighton got 65% of the ball, it's yeah. <laughs> difficult to get too excited um, about what's going on. I do think of a young team. I know Craig always says, you know, it's on the players to G up the crowd. I don't always agree with that. I think sometimes you've really got to get behind these young players and create a bit of a uh, fortress. I mean, we don't have a sort of like ultra section. Where we, we, you know what I mean? We don't have this section where it really generates a crowd. We don't have a part. You've got the Matthew Harding as well. When you and Craig sit, a lot of, there can be a lot of noise. But it is a little bit like they're waiting for like something good to happen. And you might be waiting quite a lot of time in some of these games. So I do think we need to try and create a bit of a buzz at home um, in the... Uh, in the um, I'm at the do you agree with that or what do you think? I think that's true. I think if the team haven't scored for a month, it's quite hard to generate. Oh, no, of course, of course, of course. So it, it goes hand in hand a little bit. Um, I think there was some nerves around the game because obviously yeah. we, were, we were kind of, I don't think anyone was that confident we were definitely going to win the game. Um, I think a second goal might have improved the atmosphere quite a bit. But um, yeah, I think, you know, context, context is important. We're, we've, we haven't scored, we haven't won a game in, in a long time. I think can't expect too much from the fans yet. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think, you know, in a game like Villa, when they went one, I mean, we were 10 but to be fair, there's the, 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 the fans are behind them then. But I just think sometimes if the crowd get really nervy, it can really put the players on edge. So, I mean, there's not really much you can do. I just think of a young team, I think they could really benefit from having the 12th man at times, just get behind them in difficult uh, situations this season. That's all I'm saying. I think it goes hand in hand because the the fans need to believe that the players can actually do it. So that, you know, if, if we start making some racket, making some noise, it's going to make a big difference. I don't think anyone in the crowd trusts the players, to be honest with you. No. To if they're going to start getting up and down, that they're going to. Well, they don't really up. know them. They're all new. For well, it. yeah, this is it. But, you know, I mean, no trust. Not, I mean, they're going to. I mean, even and Chilwell are injured. I mean, look at the Fulham team that we're going to go through on the next pod. Um, it's going to be it's players that they've only known for like probably six months max, nine months. So yeah, but it's, everyone's sort of getting to know each other. They're sort of a bit, a bit of a settling in period. They're sort of they, you know, for instance, I don't think Enzo Fernandez got Enzo Fernandez has got a song, has he? I don't think you know. There's not there's not there's a lot of players that haven't got songs or haven't got that notoriety with the fans or anything. Just kind of being booed off. So yeah, there doesn't there, there does need to be that relationship built up with the fans. I feel like yeah. Well, Buddy Shield song gets sung a lot. That's yeah, that's true. And he's he's injured. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, who have we got for warming up? Uh, so you're first now. So it's toss up between two people, really. But I'm going to go because he was in the freezer for a, a while. Um, I'm not going to put him into boiling heart. So Nick Jackson for the goal, for the finish. Um, he's definitely warming up for me. Um, and hopefully he can, now he's suspended, he won't be able to carry on any sort of form, which is annoying. Um, I thought he took one goal really, really well. The one he scored, the one that was offside, I thought he, he did a really good job with that. He was unlucky to be chalked off maybe in a, a VAR world that counts. Um, 
and then Mudrick put him through as well on the on sort of the left hand side for the for the shot. And I thought he could have done a bit better with that, but um, he didn't. He wasn't aiming for the corner, which I thought was a bit strange. But yeah, overall, I thought he was fantastic. Um, he always does all the good all the good stuff, Jackson. He's running around. He's putting his foot in. He's, he can wins the ball high up. Um, he does overplay quite a bit with his dribbling. I think he just needs to. I don't know if he doesn't trust people around him or that's just what he does. He kind of gets his head down, and starts sprinting, and that's great when we don't have the ball. We need to be pushed up the pitch, but I think. In, in moments where we do have a lot of players around, I think he needs to utilise them more. So um, definitely one who can improve a lot still, Jackson, and deserves his goal. I thought he was, uh, thought he was excellent, got in some good positions. I, I'm a bit split with Jackson. It was a huge moment for him. It was a great goal, but it was a goal that really, I mean, any striker should finish. I mean, the, the, the goalkeeper was on his heels in the middle of the goal. It's very tough to miss. Uh, it, it, the unity, I think we posted on the X, it was great to see the team unity. But I've got to be honest, it's, it's two goals in seven games, you know. And he's bumping his chest and, you know, saying, you know, putting his, uh, that, that thing where they pointed their name at the back. All for that. All for, like, you know, he's a young player. There's way too much pressure on him. The context is important in this situation. And Kunku's out, Broja's out. I think probably that looking at it, there's going to be, there have even been um, linked to Vossiman because of his troubles in Napoli and Ivan Tony. Maybe the pressure will be off him. But I've got to be honest, it's like he's not scoring enough goals in the up top. And so it, whether that's fair on him is not. But, it, you know, it's a little bit like, I don't want to compare it to Kai Havertz, but the Kai Havertz last season when he scored against West Ham, he was kind of, he, uh, he, I think he was scored the first goal in five games and he was like kind of put his tongue out and saying, yeah, I'm the man again. Like I like different personalities. I don't really want to compare them. But if Nick Jackson's going to have that reaction, when he's scoring, scoring one goal every every eight every four appearances, so it's just not enough for us. So I'm not saying I don't want to get on him. And it was a fantastic night for him, and I do think he hopefully he can he can kick on from this. But we do need a player who can hang it out and score more goals. It's like we, it's you know, it was clearly an emotional moment. But when you look at the stats and facts of the situation, we need him scoring more. And he was awful first half as well. He just ran the ball out, um, and you know. Five, five yellow cards is his own thing. Poch is obviously... Mad. I mean, Poch was asked yesterday in the press conference about it and he smirked to everybody's had a chat with him. He's obviously absolutely tore into him about it. Because he clearly... It's like that Mourinho story about Balotelli where he said, you know, don't get booked. And the first thing he does is get booked. So obviously, like, when he was on four yellows and he stands in front of the ball so, Marti- so Martinez can kick it into him. It's just naive. And he's young and naive. I think he's a player in there. But I also think you've got to be a little bit of dampen your expectations a little bit with him because I personally don't see him to go and score, get get a brace against um, Burnley and then, you know, get a goal against Arsenal. I think there's, I think there's you know, there's probably only about nine or ten goals of league, league goals in him this season, I think. So, just got to dampen your expectations of him a little bit. I'm not sure I think about that. but No, I think he's, uh, I think he can get more than ten goals. I think he's in, always in the right areas. I think that's always a good yeah. sign. I thought he took the goal well first time. and He didn't stutter. He didn't overthink it. Um, he well, done that's that the problem. It's like he, he would have a one-on-one afterwards and he, he had time and he missed it. I mean, and it was a, a very good save, actually, by Verbrugge. Well, yeah, he uh, didn't put it wide this time. No, I no, think no. He, I, it was I, much I, better than his finishing he'd done at, um, against Aston Villa where he, he just poked at it and he didn't really set himself. It's interesting. Um, I'm not really attacking the player. I'm just attacking the situation where we need more goals. Um and we need more goals from, from that position. Now, if he can get us 10, 15, 20 goals, but if he only gets, so let's say, for instance, I'm right. 
he only gets nine or ten goals. Where are the other goals going to come from? And that's not his fault. But that's so we've got to think about what maybe Nkunku, I think Nkunku probably will get more goals in the season, and he's probably going to play half a season. That'll be my prediction. So bit of a shout, but I, I would say that there's pretty likely that Nkunku will get more goals than Nick Jackson this season. That that would be my prediction, as long as he can stay injury free. Just think he's a bit more level headed in front of goal and. Look, it was a massive goal for him, and I hope he proves me wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to get on the player, but we need a player who can, you know, we, we can't miss sitters this season. The league's too competitive. I mean, it used to just be you've got the big six, now you've got Brighton, Villa, Spurs are back, etc. So, got to score more goals, and it's, it was a fantastic moment for him, but we need that every two weeks, not every four. That's, that's all I'm saying. Well, you, you'd be, you thought we were still doing the freezer. <laughs> no, I mean... No, I just I think I think I think it's a damn expectations a little bit. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All right. All right. Uh, my warming up, it's quite interesting. I've got this bonus warming up. I'll tell you what I'm going to give it to. I'm going to give it to Marco Correa. I mean, talk about in the freezer. This guy's been in Antarctica. I think he's he's probably roommates with Malang Sar. He's a forgotten man, you know. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> you know, Pochettino is probably like who anyway. But yeah, I mean. When we saw that Kukuro was playing right back, there was a bit of, we don't swear on the pod, but there was a little bit of like, you know, what on earth is going on here? Um, but you've got to say, I mean, the first, and the first thing that happened really was uh, Matoma absolutely skinned him on the right-hand side. He thought, wow, it's going to be a long night. Um, and, you know, you're sweating. But, but you've got to say, you've got to imagine the situation that this, this guy was in pre-game. He's probably thinking, right, I'm playing against my old club. I'm playing against Matoma. You know, uh, I haven't played in. He hasn't played a Premier League minute this year. He must have been really nervous, and he really, really grew into the game. I mean, he uh, he won eleven out of thirteen ground jewels. It's amazing. Four out of five accurate passes, eighty-two percent pass accuracy, six out of nine tackles. I got to say, I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to be in the club in a year or even six months. But you got to say, it was a definition of fair play for me. Like he really, really turned up, and he really got involved. I think the. You were at the game with Craig. I think the fans are even getting on his side a bit. Even obviously, he's been booed a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, with Chilwell out as well, I mean, I, I think you and I would probably prefer to see Ian Matson at left back. Um, but I'm not sure that will happen. But maybe you'll play Colwell. We'll, we'll see about that in the Fulham preview. But yeah, he could definitely get a few starts and may, maybe got a chance to rebuild his Chelsea career. Maybe, but, but it was still, still against him. But I thought he did really well, and I got just, I thought I just, you, you, you got to give credit where it's due, right? And I, I thought he was on a mission, and that in the second half he was unbelievable, and yeah, got on on foot mob. He was man of the match, and yeah, I think he was, I think he was up there as well. Fantastic performance in the second half. Yeah, I thought he was, uh, he was really good second half. Like you said, he got skinned at the beginning, but. Matoma's a good player, remember. Can't just, oh, yeah. um, no, 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 you know, no. not everyone's going to be able to tackle everybody all the time. But he recovered really well. I thought he was a great. You know, what what we want to see in the team is, you know, a lot of aggression. You know, he's when someone's on the ball, he doesn't give him any time. It's one of his best strengths is how competitive and aggressive he is in tackles, in jockeying, and stuff like that. Which, you know, people want to see it. Don't let people turn. You know, when you're going in for a fifty-fifty, you're not pulling out. You know, you you're making it. You're making it super competitive, and and then you know you've got he's a bit spiky as well. You know, there's a few moments where you know he's getting in people's faces, getting in the rest faces. You know, people don't like it, but that's good. That's what we need. We're, we can't be a nice little team trying to play pretty football. It's football. You know, it's it's top Premier League football, one of the toughest leagues in the world. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to show high intensity, and I think he epitomised that on 
on Wednesday. I thought he was excellent in the second half. And, you know, we need more people following him. And I agree. I think he deserves to start. I think yeah. Yeah. maybe he starts at right back at this rate because um, we haven't got anyone for, for either wing. And uh, Martzen maybe plays left back as well. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him given a chance. You know, I think you should be rewarding good play. Um, and look, we're out of options and you think he's a... Uh, there's there's lots of aspects to his game which worry me still, um, but maybe they can you know if we're going to be a high possession team maybe maybe they don't get exposed as much and um, he can he can go on to I guess fulfil his potential because he was a obviously a record signing at left back and you know there, there's clearly a, a good player in there potentially waiting to come out and maybe he just needs to find the right moment and, and maybe this is it he was under a lot of pressure last year with the price tag. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's one good half of football. We don't want to get, you know, probably where I probably went a bit over the top of Nick Jackson earlier. I don't want to go over the top and I'm praising Mark Kukurea. But I think, you know, it's 45 minutes. But you've got to say, he's got a chance now, especially with that Chilwell injury, which a bit of a slight silver lining with that is, you know, Martin and Kukurea can get in, can get some minutes. I mean, we're, we're, we've got way too much depth at left back, especially when you we've basically got four left backs at the club or three and a half when you think that Colwell's playing at left back as well. Probably have to sort that situation out in the transfer market at some point where they're going to have to. I think they're thinking about maybe offering uh, Matson a new contract. I'm not sure. I think he's he's mulling over, but you can't have Martin, Kukurea, and Chilwell at the club going forward. It just doesn't really work. So something's got to give. And, you know, that maybe it looks like even Martin and Kukurea are going to leave. I mean, a lot of players prefer Kukurea to leave. But I just think it gives him that sort of glimmer of hope that maybe he can re- rebuild his Chelsea career. Still against him, but after that performance, he can sort of, if he can hustle, he's a hustle and bustle player, Kukurea. He's not really, he's not going to get many goals or assists, obviously. He's not very really good at that. Not amazing in the final third. But he hustles and bustles. And if you're going to play Reese James, maybe when he's back, and maybe you can play Kukurea in more of an inverted role. We can invert and then Reese James can go forward. I can see that work in a 4-2-3-1 personally. So especially against maybe the bigger teams where we need a bit more defensive stability. So I have to wait and see. But yeah. Uh, a chance to rebuild his Chelsea career, maybe, is what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oiling hot. I've got one. Um, I know For who sure. you're going to say, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with something a little bit different, which uh, maybe a bit left field, which is no pun based on who I'm choosing, but Levi Colwell for oh, me is is boiling hot. I think he's showing all the right credentials to potentially be a future captain um, of the club as much as anything he's obviously got a big number on his back with 26 but he's he seems to be the only level-headed person on the pitch he seems to be people you know the person who's telling everyone what to do he's trying to make things happen with his his passing as well you know there's lots of situations where we give him the ball and he's finding good passes into Mudrick and and straight up to Jackson as well sometimes so I think we got a real good player there. I think there's, I think left centre back definitely suits him more. I think we see a much better range of passing from him. I think he's pushed over a bit too far at left back, and uh, he's maybe a little bit hamstrung in terms of who he can actually visualise his passes to him and then make them happen. So I much prefer him at left centre back, and I thought he was excellent. I, he was almost like the captain um, on Wednesday. I thought he was. He's even talking, you know, calming Sanchez down and trying to get everything going. And if we're looking at who the ball is going to be played out to from the back, I much prefer going to Carwell than Dezazi at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I think we've 
I think he's been excellent. I think he was unlucky with the goal against Villa. I thought he was great in that game. I thought he tried to make things happen as well. And I thought he was excellent again on Wednesday, and especially in the second half, like everyone was. thought he was great in terms of what he was trying to do, how he was acting. And yeah, just fantastic at the moment. Carwell. I mean, it's a classic case of, I mean, I like to talk about macro points, like so that word in every podcast. If you play your player in their position, they're going to play the better, right? I mean, Cole Will, um, I know Craig has been, and Poch has been really enjoying Cole Will at left back. I mean, it's, he's been kind of making do, but he's a left centre back by trade, right? You know, either four or three. And when you put him in there, it really unlocks his progressive passing. Um, and that that's really what he's good at. I think with Cole Will, defensively, one-on-one, sometimes he struggles, struggles a little bit. I don't think he's always the fastest either, but he's got a real presence about him. Um, he's, t- he's actually really similar to Silver in a way, where um, very, very assured of the ball. Progressive passing is fantastic. That's where I think Silver can really help him help him mature. I think we've got a future leader in as well. I'm not sure if he was captain at youth level for England or something like that, but you get those vibes from him. Definitely a leader in that clip where... Um, you know, Jackson was celebrating with the team. You, you could tell he was one of the leaders, you know, uh, getting into the, all the players and things like that. So, yeah, we've got a very good player. I and mean, when we did say that it was probably one of the signings of the summer, um, I think we've sort of forgotten how close he might have been to leaving the club. I mean, obviously, too, there was that kind of Tuchel gate last year where it looked like he was going to go the other way when Kukurea went and we actually got the loan for him. And it was, it was touch and go. I mean, Liverpool were in, it looked like Brian might be in for him, but and he actually signed a contract after sort of seeming maybe not ready to do that so to think that we've locked this this guy down he's getting regular time I mean unless he gets injured it's very likely Cole Will's going to get 3,000 minutes this year to 2,500 minutes that's what he wanted and yeah I think we've got a long term got a long term centre back at the club and yeah I'm really excited to pair him with as well. I know you don't really usually get two left backs but I think we've got two of the best up and coming left backs in the world uh, back there I really do think and I think you like Sifafana and players like that. They're going to have a real job getting the team because I think Badia Shield and Cole Will, I, I really, really like them. And I, mean, I am the left-footed union, but I think they're probably... I think Silver in his prime was probably better, but I think those two are probably two best centre-backs of the club, to be honest. So, um, in terms of like looking at the future anyway, well, obviously Silver at the moment is only short-term. So, yeah, really excited about Cole Will. And as long as he stays injury-free, I think we're going to have a fantastic player going forward. It's not a controversial one, mate. I thought a lot of things. A lot of people thought. Uh, I think a lot of people That's thought. Well, I thought you were going to say. Uh, I, I can't think you're going to say left footed union. I don't know what you're going to say, but anyway. Uh, yeah, you, I think you know who I'm going to have. It's uh, it's another left footer. It's Cole Palmer. I mean, this is the player that I always wanted to be. The sort of silky left footed number ten. I mean, he. I think I'm going to start calling the triangle button on FIFA because he's always looking for a through ball or a progressive pass. I mean, I, I, in this game, he only had. 41 touches if you can believe it but he he makes them count you know he really makes it count he, he's always looking for the forward pass he's got a lot of flair in him we haven't seen much of his, much of his shooting ability i think he's got a nice he can a, a lot like an inverted winger he can cut in and i think he scored a goal on the uh in the charity shield the community shield whatever you called it now against uh, arsenal really good cut in and, and curl it in um i think we've got a really good player they're very assured in the ball for his age very chill i mean you hear in interviews He's got that sort of Mancunian laid-back, sort of in a band, like chilled-out attitude. He's like, yeah, yeah, we're just just playing football. It's like, and we need that. We need, like I said, when he came in against Forest, we need calm heads in in, in the oven sort of thing because we don't need panic. We've got enough players who panic. Mudrick can panic a little bit. Madueke can panic on the ball. We've got some panickers on the ball in terms of like sometimes when things are going against him. 
we've got that calm, assured player in there, even at his age. I think it was a really surprising pickup, but I think we could really, really have a good pickup. And you could tell that Man City didn't maybe, well, maybe they were obviously they're willing to let him go, but they weren't let, let, let him to win it. They left him a premium. They knew he was a good player, but just couldn't guarantee, guarantee in game time. So, yeah, I think he's a really good player. A fanta- I mean, the the Jackson goal. I think it's a it's a really it's a good finish by Nick. But I got to say, the assist is like the, imagine Havertz there trying to poke it through someone's legs. I mean, it's just it's just not happening. Like it's just just to poke it through a player's legs from that proximity to have the idea to do that. Perfect ball, beat the offside trap. He had fi- he had zero point five xa in the game, ninety two two percent pass accuracy. He's got to be a shoe in to start for me for for Fulham. He's he's really yeah. he's a full he's. For me, he's a former tackle at the club at the moment. Every time he comes on the pitch, he affects it. Even against Villa, I think he, 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 had, two, he had two shots, like you said. Fantastic as if just for the Chilwell one-on-one. Quality player. And uh, he's only, what, 21? So, yeah, really excited about him. Yeah, I thought he was excellent. He, uh, Like you said, he's, he's someone who's going to make something happen. I think that's the most important thing is... Uh, you look around the team and I think we've been a little bit disappointed with some of the creativity. We've got a lot of people who were good technically, I think, you know, at football, but they don't have the visionary, like the vision to, to see the past, to see like the, the whole picture, which, you know, when we think back to some of the greats like Fabregas, um, he, he could always see the, the full picture of where people are and where their movement is. And that's what we're looking for. And I think Cole Palmer fits into that little, that little role and it's early days for him, definitely. but some really positive signs and I think if he the more that he plays and the more that people play with him the more they're going to see how how much they should be moving a lot more when he has the ball and and that's going to open up loads more chances for us so um yeah I thought he done he did really well with the goal great pass um he did really well for the offside goal as well nice little layoff um just little touches and there was something going around on X Twitter um, the other day of he's basically the player that we all wanted Havertz to be and I kind of agree yeah. with that I think he is I think it's if Havertz was looking like this I think people would be like that's why you paid 80 million for him and this yeah. guy was half the price and he looks twice the player so um, we're never going to forget what Havertz did in the Champions League final but day to day this guy's looking a lot better on the ball and I have really high hopes for Cole Palmer I think he looks you know I didn't really watch much of him for City but since I've seen him, he definitely has. Um, he's definitely impressed me, and I agree. I think he should be playing on Monday. I think we need him continuously playing. Um, he's a, he's looking like a great player. Yeah, I just think it also just solves the ten problem for us. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I think against Fulham, he might have to play a different position because we haven't got Jackson. But it just solves the ten problem. You put a player in a ten. I mean, if you had Enzo or Gallagher in there, those goals just don't happen. Um, and just you know, he just he, he, for that um, it's gone unnoticed as well. But that second Jackson goal that was um, chalked off, um, that was a little Cole Palmer flick around, flick around the corner. That so he could have had two assists in the game very easily. So really, really, really good player. And um, yeah, I think I'm biased because uh, I'm a I love a left-footed number ten. I was always a big Mesut Özil fan to me, Stephen. Like in, especially in his early days, I think he was like a baller at times. So. Yeah, I mean that sort of creative player. They're a bit, a bit of an Odegaardy, not not in that sense, but can pick up the ball and can pick a pass and calm on the ball. We need that. We don't like need a bit of assurance in the in in a, in forward areas where we don't, especially if we've got the strikers panicking in front of goal and things like that. Yeah, I think it. I think he's going to make a really big difference in some of our more challenging games coming up because 
we do have a lot of pace in behind and like his passing could see us. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of when we used to try and play we used to play ZH in those big games because we want to yeah. give him the ball and then have runners and ZH is not as good as him, but um Palmer looks like a player who can actually he will get the ball and he will turn and play it. And so yeah, I think we could I think he's gonna be the creator of a lot more goals. I've I've stacking him stack him in my fancy team. <laughs> have you? So I'm hoping for the best, yeah. Nice. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. You backed him. Love it. Love it. That's it. All right. Good stuff. Well, should we, we have do... a quick look at fancy football? Yeah. Um, the ESCR FPL League. Um, it's been a, a tricky time at the top. Uh, stuck in the mudrick. Craig, he's uh, he's dropped down to seventh now. And but up the top this week, uh, Rommel Waite with London FC. Um, I think with Romel, Romel is one of my friends, and uh, I wouldn't put him always down as an FBO expert. But I mean, he's, he can't he can't miss at the moment. Last week he had, he got he nearly got a century of points. He had Dan Byrne, Madison, yeah. Matoma, all these differentials as they called him in FBO. Even like, he had Leno in goal. I mean, uh, <laughs> look at that. He, yeah, he got three bonus Leno. Yeah, yeah, nearly got a century. I think he was like, he was, you know. He's got points on the bench as well. Gay, he was on the bench. Yeah, I points. mean, yeah, he's got points to spare. Yeah, Watkins, I mean, I, the story, the, the, the game of, uh, I didn't say nothing rid of uh, review, but um, I actually had Watkins, I took Watkins out. Uh, so kind of cursed us there where he scored. I mean, when I was watching he scored, I was like, that's absolutely typical. But yeah, uh, I have to see how we get on. But um, yeah, you're, you're, you're still in a relegation battle, mate. Yeah, it's tricky down the bottom. It's just a scrap. Um, we're I'm trying my best. Fighting for every point down there. Fighting <laughs> for every point. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick. Nick Jackson. Um, you're, you're he, a bit. Cut, he, you're a bit he, he needs to apologise to me. You, you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He does, Absolute yeah. scandal with him. Yeah, um, yeah. He's been benched this weekend because he's been suspended. So uh, we're going with um, Harlan captain. So yeah. uh, hopefully he can um, push me back up the league. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've got an Anana in there, mate. I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, yeah. Anana? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, for Everton. Yeah, well, you know, big game today against Luton, so um, <laughs> watch you, out you, for Anana. Yeah, you, 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 you did a potch there. You forgot your own player. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant the goalie. I was like, no, I've got Poping goal. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm in my in my pure uh, fantasy football. I'm mid table. I'll always be mid-table. I'm not very good, not very bad. Uh, last week, yeah, I'm. I, you know, I bought in Alvarez for a one-pointer, as you do. He got taken off. And actually, the big story of the week was I was a Malagusto fan, uh, Malagusto owner, sorry. So I had Malagusto getting sent off for a minus two, and then Watkins scored when I took him out. I mean, Chelsea's bad enough about FBL pain. So, yeah, tough week. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you were a fan as well. No, you're not. Um, but we'll see what happens at the top. Kai Mason on on Rommel's heel, heels um, yeah. for top spot. I've got I've got <laughs> endless patience though because I've still got Raheem Sterling, so I'm still hanging on for a Sterling <laughs> for a Sterling goal assist. It's been a while. I don't think I had him had him for the living game. Or maybe I did, but <laughs> you're hanging on. We'll see if we, uh, ever ever you know I'm the I'm the picture of patience. So I have to wait and see. Yeah, I think putting Chelsea players in my team is. Uh, Hasn't hasn't paid off at all. And... No, I don't think it's, it's probably quite. Um, when we start going up the league, mate, I think you will look at it that way. So when they, <laughs> when Chelsea start flying up the table, I think you will as well. That's it. Yeah. So they go hand in hand. 
So hopefully That's I won't cool. be uh, relegated. Well, you can't get relegated in FPL, but if I come bottom, I'll yeah, be ashamed. Maybe we can sort out a sub league. Yeah, that's it. I'll do uh, <laughs> be a, a championship <laughs> fancy well, next season. I'll might be, be relegation, that. Might be in a relegation <laughs> playoff with uh, Dax Ao, who's bottom. So I have to wait and see. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Um, but yeah, well done. Um, well done, everybody, on their points. And good luck to everybody this week. Yeah. That's all we've got time for today. Um, we've got, we'll have a preview pod coming out for Fulham um, in the next couple of days, so watch out for that. And we will be back next week. Otherwise, for more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on Twitter, or X as it's now known, at Chelsea, and Instagram, at EatSleepChelseaRepeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs>